G'day, humans. What's good, boy? Chris Van der Hog here with Alex Rudy Williams for another edition of Wrestling All Style. Alex, you abide by the code of honor, don't you? I virtually shake my hand towards you as I as I promise to use no more than three rope breaks for this podcast. Oh boy. Um, yeah, so another edition of Thunderstorm talking top tens, talking wrestling themes again. How excited were you when I said Ring of Honor? Uh honestly, I I wasn't too sure how much Ring of Honor fandom I had, but for some reason I'd completely forgotten about the fact that at one point I was obsessed with Ring of Honor. It had just fallen out of my mind somehow. So I thought, oh, I'm not gonna be able to do this. But yeah. Yeah. yeah um Turns out I used to be quite the fan of Ring of Honor and it kind of made me realise how much I miss how it was. <laughs> Back in the P, uh, pre-AEW days. Oh, it's like almost the pre-Bullet pre Club sort of days even. <laughs> Oh, wow, that is a little while back. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I miss Kevin Steen and El Generico. Let's just get that out of the way. <laughs> I suppose before we move forward, you do know the story about uh, Sammy Zayn talking to Stone Cold on his podcast. Oh, which one's that? Which story is this? Where he, um, Stone Cold goes, oh, whatever happened to El Generico? <laughs> Tells oh. him that he... Went down to the orphanage in Mexico and had yeah. to retire. Yeah. Yeah, I remember um, like Colt Cabana said something about that the day that uh, Sami Zayn signed with WWE and like Sami Zayn's just playing along with that story ever since. Yeah. Um, but I suppose how much were you watching Ring of, Ring of Honor, I guess, before this year? Uh, at one point, I was really into it, like I said. Um, I was like, really into it during the uh, Kevin Steen world title run, that sort of era, a little bit before that and a little bit after. Um, I really dropped off, surprisingly, not after... Uh, the Elite left. Around the same time the Elite joined, I sort of dropped off. Like, I just wasn't into it. And it wasn't because of those guys. It was more so that, oh, they've pretty much only got, like, five good guys and they're all in the same faction, so they're not going to wrestle against each other. Uh, yeah, that's a fair point. I suppose... Just briefly, on that point, what were you watching mostly on? Were you watching it through their YouTube or through their website? Because this is all before Honor Club, before Fight. Yeah, um, to be perfectly frank with you, a lot of it was nefarious means. <laughs> um, particularly the pay-per-views at that point in time. Uh, I'm a naughty boy. Sorry about that, humans. Um but yeah, I, there was a part back in the day 
called Extreme Wrestling Torrents. <laughs> it doesn't exist anymore, so I don't think I can get in too much trouble. Um, but, yeah, I used to, like, download heaps of old, like, Ring of Honor stuff through there as well, and I sort of developed a bit of a knowledge to the history of Ring of Honor through that website as well, which will explain some of my choices later on. Fair enough. For myself, I would probably been watching mostly on since about 2014 on and off a little bit before that but sort of through their website through their youtube and then when honor club started through honor club yeah yeah um i think it's safe to say especially with the signings at the start of this year that this would have been the year provided the pandemic didn't happen, that I would have started watching Ring of Honor more regularly as well. Yeah, Slex is home. Brooksy's in Adelaide. Kellyanne's home. Yeah, I'll go first. And to kick off this thing, um, so my number 10 will be AJ Styles. You know, I've been waiting on this yeah in particular it's the theme he used uh for his last ring of honor run when he was a member of the bullet club and all that sort of stuff and he had that match where he almost broke Roderick Strong's neck because Roderick Strong tucked his chin on a Styles Clash. Oh yeah, don't ever go out and don't ever go out of your way to watch the um what is it OSW top ten fan WWE moves because they show the uh, footage of is it Yoshi Tatsu breaking his neck in New Japan taking the Styles Clash. Yeah, there was like who was it? It was. Roderick Strong in America, Yoshi Tatsu in Japan, and uh, a fella by the name of Lionheart in Scotland, who unfortunately Lionheart recently passed away. But yeah, those three people in a very short amount of time all had serious neck damage thanks to AJ Styles and the Styles Clash. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, it was the whole thing, like, because AJ had just got back on the indie scene and it was just like, why is everyone tucking their chin for the Styles Clash? Like, that's obviously not what you're meant to do. I suppose it's, uh, like, sort of a second nature thing, like you put your arms out to brace yourself if you're falling forward, even though you shouldn't, because if you put all your weight on your arms, you're going to break your arm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But, um, yeah, I really like that song. It's actually my number 10 as well. AJ oh, Styles, awesome. Jemmy Gods. Yeah, it's an absolute banger, that's for sure. Uh, like, it is, it is like, what, the three big companies he's been in, he's always, well, even TNA. <laughs> so the, the four sort of big companies he's been in, he's always had unique music yeah that's right yeah um 
Yeah, he hasn't had a bad song, has he? No, not really. Not at least since his um, major stain TNA left there to go to New Japan, had the Bullet Club theme. Yeah, and he also used, like, he also used a version of this song in New Japan as well. It was like a remixed version with all the Bullet Club sort of bu- bu- Bullet Club bu- 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 live over the top of it and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, absolute banger of a tune. Yeah, um, Alex has already listed off my, my points there, so there's not really much more I can say. Um, my next choice is somebody who's really synonymous, Brian Danielson. Not going to be the last time talked about today, but spoiler alert, he's on my honourable mentions. Um, Just iconic song, right? Absolutely. Like, even going back in the archives and watching a lot of his um, archive stuff, it certainly stands out. Yeah, definitely. Um, we even mentioned this like on another show, like how Brado's um ICW song pumps up the crowd the same sort of way this pumps up the crowd. Yeah, oh man, don't get me started on Grado's theme song. I was gonna try to find if he'd done any Ring of Honor matches so I could squeeze him in here, but I don't think he has. Um, not to my knowledge, no, no. But, um, yeah, final countdown. It's just iconic, man. Um, oh, and he comes out in such a no-frills manner, and then the crowd starts chanting, like, you're going to get your effing head kicked in. It's just so good. And that was, like, during the point in time where, like, banging on the barricade was like such a cool thing in Ring of Honor although you'd probably hate it now <laughs> yeah I'd probably hate it a lot more now for every single week but I suppose back then it's a lot different too because you got the fans there feeding off it it's not um, trainees being told what to do yeah it's not people being paid to watch your show yeah but um Geez, such an iconic song, and you don't sort of think of this as being a wrestling song other than for one man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. My God. I've I, I recently went back and watched a heap of Brian Danielson matches. My God. Like, it's just unreal. Just unreal. I, I can't even describe how amazing he was. Like, like, you, you can say he had, like, he's had an absolute, like, Hall of Fame career in the WWE. But I would say he was only about three quarters of his full potential in ring in WWE. 
You got the full Brian Danielson in Ring of Honor. Yeah, absolutely. I suppose, do you have any idea when his contract runs out next? No idea, but he was talking about on Talking Smack that he's going to retire soon. Yeah, that's what I was sort of heard. I wasn't sure if he was going to like finish up there or go and do like one last big indie run. Well, um, you also hear stuff about how Daniel Bryan is part of the creative team on SmackDown now. So, like, he's just like, he always sits in on the creative meetings and is one of the few wrestlers that actually gets to. And he's a contributor on the team. So I wonder if he's just content with just doing that moving forward. Yeah, well, the guy certainly has his um, health injuries and then... He's got a young family now, so I suppose he's got to think of that in the long term. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I would love it if he got one last big mega push. Wouldn't we all? So, from there, Alex, where do you go for your number nine? Uh, Speaking of... Actually, I'm just going to quickly look. How many people on my list are currently in the WWE? At least half. <laughs> um, and we're going to stay stay with a particular act that is in the WWE to an extent. It is uh, the theme song of Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish, Red Dragon. Yeah, it's just like <laughs> it's an old school punk sounding song and like and they come out and then, you know, Kyle O'Reilly's being Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish is being all serious MMA boy or whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's a fantastic tune. It's literally a song I have on my walking playlist and I've had it on there for like years. <laughs> I just genuinely enjoy the tune. It hypes me up yeah absolutely i really love this song so much so that i'll be talking about it later uh i can't blame you sir uh i must say that almost all of my picks every single one of them on another day could probably have been number one (laughs) yes indeed um geez i love this song so much but i'll I'll save my talk (laughs) for later yeah, um, save it for later so we can hear more of the song later on in the episode. Yes, uh, my number eight is a theme song that, I don't know, I think it had a decent little run, uh, maybe a year or two, but is the theme song of Steve Carino slash Scum from Ring of Honor.
Uh, if you remember, there was uh, scum. Yeah, scum. It was a faction. It had Kevin Steen in it for a little bit. Jimmy Jacobs, Steve Carino. There was a couple of others I can't remember. But yeah, Steve Carino, I think, had a low-key, like, amazing run in Ring of Honor. And there's just one match he had from uh, towards the end of his career against Kevin Steen. It was just so brutal. I can't remember the event or whatever. But it was just so amazing. And, like, Steve Carino just still being able to go. And this song is just, like, oh, it's just dirty rock and roll. It's so good. I love it. Oh, man. It's an- I forgot about it's another- Scum. Yeah, Scum wasn't great. Um... Steve Carino, though, always great. Isn't he the only man to ever hold the um, ECW Heavyweight Championship in ECW and the Ring of Honor Championship in Ring of Honor? I believe so. Um, I think so, yeah. I think I think so. I could be wrong, though. Nah, I'm pretty sure... Jeez, imagine if ECW had stuck around another year and got like these guys like Joe Aries, Punk, Danielson, Lowkey, Homicide. Well, Paul Heyman's talked about on the, you know, in the past that like his of the future of ECW was going to be less of the hardcore stuff and more of what we saw in the early two thousands from Ring of Honor. Like, this was his idea of the future. And, you know, it sort of goes hand in hand with Paul Heyman's right-hand man, Gabe Sapolsky, being the guy sort of leading the way for Ring of Honor for quite a few years. Yeah, absolutely. It's sort of interesting to think what would have happened if that didn't... If they yeah. had it stuck around the alternative universe, I guess. Yeah, like, we could have gotten Mike Awesome versus Samoa Joe. In my veins, please. please. <laughs> All my money. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God, that just... Yeah, I, I probably can't be PG talking about how that match makes me feel. <laughs> but, yeah, that's my number eight, Steve Carino. Fair enough. I suppose, speaking from there, my number eight is... I don't even know if you're a fan of this guy currently, but to be honest, I've been a fan of him for a long while. It is Punishment Martinez. one of those guys I sort of missed his run like he was sort of in Ring of Honor when I sort of gave up on Ring of Honor for a bit um yeah 
currently, I think I'm a fan of him. I'm not sure. Like, the gimmick still kind of confuses me a little bit at the moment as to what he is. But I think he's pretty good. Yeah, I have to agree. I think in Ring of Honor, he was more suited to this, like, dark, ominous character than he is in NXT currently. But his music is, like, very sort of dark, ominous sort of music. Yeah. Uh, I must say, always hated his name in Ring of Honor. Boo. <laughs> oh, come on. It's just so just generic indie. Like, uh, ask a casual wrestling fan to come up with a wrestler's name. Like, oh, let's say, let's pick an act of violence and then a generic surname. There you go. That sounds like a good day at the office. We're done. Let's go for an early lunch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's Brutalizer Johnson hanging what, out his... with Punishment Martinez and... Uh, yeah, oh, what's on. his name now? Archer of Infamy... Damien something. Priest. Oh, that is worse. I don't think so, but yeah. Uh, Damien uh, Priest is basically the same principle. It's just reversed. Instead of Martinez, it's Damien for a first name. Instead of uh, Punishment, it's Priest for a last name. Uh, I think, like, Priest is a legit surname, though, for... So, I think it's kind of <laughs> fine. Like... Alex triggers half of the Latino listenership. <laughs> oh, I'm not saying that. I'm saying <laughs> you you were comparing the word Priest to Punishment. Punishment is not a name. Priest is. <laughs> yeah, fair point. Um... I think I did the opposite of triggering the Latino community. I sort of admitted that Martinez is a very popular last name. Um, all right, don't cancel me, please. I'm begging you. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, from there, my number seven is somebody I've already talked about previously on a music show. Ooh. Uh, Speaking of killer queens, <laughs> it is the fallen angel Christopher Daniels. Worship us. You might have picked James Storm from his one Ring of Honor appearance he had once. <laughs> no. Yeah, um, Fallen Angel Christopher Daniels. What a gimmick. Oh, speaking of priests, I guess you should have said. <laughs> you were too eager to get him killer coins again. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I blew your spot, brother. Yeah, it's <laughs> happened a lot this week. <laughs> <laughs> Wrestler of the week. Oh, you're choosing this guy. Well, yeah, actually, I'm. Oh, god damn it! <laughs> uh, th that's what I'm here for. I'm here to blow everyone's spots up. 
and just get myself over. <laughs> I'm from the Hulk Hogan school of wrestling. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, but like his get addicted thing. I really enjoy this. This reminds me of the time when Christopher was chasing this world title. He'd never been a world champion any other company before. Chasing it, chasing it. Kazarian turns on him, joins Bullet Club. Turns out it was all a trick all along to trick Adam Cole so he could win at 15th anniversary. I love that show. I forgot all about that. How did I forget about that? That's That was such a cool storyline. That brought me back. Yeah. Yeah, that was really awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, probably one of my favourite storylines in wrestling from the last 10 years is, um, what was it, Destiny 10, 3, 17? Yeah. Because they had those Destiny shirts made up for the <laughs> pay-per-view. Oh, man. Yeah, that was some great stuff. Oh. One of the men who's probably had a really long career, like, was tied with Ring of Honor for a really long time as well. Yeah, not only that, like, he's been wrestling since, like, the mid-90s. Like, Christopher Daniels is a dude that was contemplated and was considered for the role of the higher power in 1999 for The Undertaker. Wow. Yeah, Bruce Pritchard's talked about it all the time. Like, Bruce Pritchard was like, yeah, we, we should bring in this young kid, Christopher Daniels, he can talk, Undertaker can do the fighting, blah, blah, blah. And they brought Christopher Daniels in, and Vince just goes, Ugh, short, get rid of him. <laughs> oh, uh, you know what uh, documentary he was on? Ah, uh, yes, yes, I was about to bring that up as well. Yeah, Beyond the Mat. Oh, yeah, that, but he's on a, another sort of lesser-known, lesser-credited documentary. Uh, which one's this? Oh, I'm trying to remember the name. Give me a moment. But, yeah, talk about Beyond the Mat just for a moment. Uh, he's sort of in the background at certain points is just a guy sort of doing tryout matches for the WWF. At the time, um, they were more so following these two guys, Mike Modest and I believe Tony Jones was the other guy's name. Man, I'm going to make you review that soon. Um, Beyond the mat. Yeah. Oh, man, I can't wait to talk about Dennis Stamp and how he loves to bounce on trampolines. And, oh, Dennis, you got to come to my match. I'm not booked, Terry. I'll book you, I'll put you in the main event. You can be the referee for me versus Brad. Oh, man, my, let's uh, not try that Terry Funk impression again. It's all right. Um, yeah, Exposed Wrestling. What is it? Exposed Pro Wrestling's Greatest Secrets. Oh, I forgot he was in that. You know which character he is? Which one? Randy Orton's favourite. Wither. Oh man, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, the body type's perfectly right. Why do I remember that so well? Because it has man. Salem the Cat in it. 
That's the one with stunt granny and all that, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like Harley Race is one of the bookers talking, but you don't know it's Harley Race. Um, man, that would make a good review some episode too. So make mental note of that. Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> what have I done? The, yeah. Uh, the point is, Christopher Daniels has had a sensational career. Um, just unreal career. Like, you think about the people that he's had the chance to wrestle. Like, this dude was, like, trying out in the WWF in the late 90s. He was in WCW, like, under contract when they went out, went out of business. Um, goes to Ring of Honor. Goes to TNA. Like just insane and now he's like one of the agents backstage for AEW now as he sort of slowly comes to the end of his in-ring career but yeah just absolute legendary wrestler that is probably going to be one of those guys that is considered in the underrated category for the rest of his like for the rest of time but yeah he, he is fantastic yeah, I don't wholeheartedly agree there. Uh, you're number seven, Alex. Oh, no. It's Chris Hero. Oh, no. Oh, no. So, oh, not, no. not that one. Not that one. Uh, it is, yeah, an absolute banger of a tune. Chris is awesome. Is oh, thank skits. you. Yeah, yeah, it's all, <laughs> it's all just about me putting you over, brother. Tell, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. Um, yeah, it's it's fantastic. This song, it's like the back the background beat to it is like, uh, I believe the technical name of the song is Luxate. A Turner, and it is the soundtrack. It's from the soundtrack of Requiem for a Dream. It's an absolutely unreal sort of orchestral thing, and they've sort of turned it into a hip hop beat. It's just so good. Is this the one when he did his video saying he was going back to the Indies? This is sort of the theme that popped up under it. Ah, uh, probably. Yeah, like he's had this theme for years. Like years and years and years. Yeah, it sounds very, very familiar. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he did have it in that video. Yep. Yeah, Chris Hero, fantastic, like, wrestler. Like, had a great run in Ring of Honor with uh, Claudio Castagnoli for the Kings of Wrestling. Oh my uh, god, I forgot about that. Yeah, I'll talk about them later. <laughs> Do you remember the old TNA ad? King of Wrestling. Um, no, I guess not. 
Oh, with um, when the kings of wrestling were Jeff Jarrett, Scott Hall, and Kevin Nash. Yeah, and they're driving in their Elvis suits in yeah. a Cadillac. Oh, yeah, that was gross. Anyway, Hero, great song, great wrestler. Yes, um, am I doubling up here? Yes, you are, kind sir. Well, we go... Uh, I don't have a segue. So my number six is, well, Adam Cole, baby. some fun <laughs> exactly exactly um i love this song it kind of sounds like something you can strip to because <laughs> it like starts off and it's like dirty sexy yeah um like you could sort of do a nice cocky sort of strut to it as you tease your significant other but let's uh let's keep this one clean <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I love this tune. It's a, it's another one on my hype up playlist. Yeah, it's actually so good. I'm going to talk about it as well later. Yep, awesome, good. I'm proud of you. You picked well. Yeah, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, anything else you want to mention? Uh, I'll leave the rest up to you later. So yeah. How about your number six, mate? Well, for me, my number six is somebody who always has, you know, that certain je ne sais quoi. He always has six beers on him. It is the Beer City Bruiser. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, nah, it's fine. It, it is a good tune. It's a good tune. I just, uh, you always seem to bring him up. Dude, if I'm carrying empty kegs at work, I'm going to be walking around like Bruiser when going over this. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yep. I guess he's on your mind a lot. <laughs> yeah. You big beefy boy. Yeah. But no, nah, I, I really enjoy this song. It's sort of, what was it like? Almost nineties, uh, two thousand sort of rock. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It's one of the better current themes, which I I feel like there's a bit of a lack 
of good current themes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think... Have you named anyone who's still currently on the Ring of Honor... Ring of Honor roster before this? Nope, and I will not either. Spoiler <laughs> alert. Yeah, everything <laughs> I'm going to name to the, uh, on my top ten list and my honorable mentions are all acts that are no longer in the Ring of Honor. Oh, wow. Well, I suppose from there, leaving the uh, good old Beer City Bruiser alone, my number five is Red Dragon. Yep, hit that music again, brother. Listen to it. I should have picked it ten times so we could <laughs> have a run in this whole thing. Uh, I'm surprised none of us have done that yet. I mean, we've chucked honourable mentions in for a second time, but I don't yeah. think anyone's done that. Maybe a faction here and there, but like a single song and then like a tag team song, but that's about it. Yeah. Um, oh, let me have a look. I do have someone on my top 10 list who was also in my honourable mentions, but it's just because of two different themes he had. Yeah, that's that's sort of what I was thinking there too. With most of my picks, I usually go, I remember with the Impact one, I think I chose Moose twice. Because I chose yeah. Moose's current theme and then his first theme, which he used in Ring of Honour as well. Yeah, yeah, it was his first theme in Impact was exactly what he used in Ring of Honor. Yeah. But um yeah, any other thoughts you had on Red Dragon that I didn't bring up? Like these guys are so talented. So good. Kyle O'Reilly should be NXT champion right now. He was um Ring of Honor champion. He won it in did he win it or defend it in Tokyo Dome? I can't remember. I think he Defended, defended because he lost to Cole, I believe, because their contracts were up first, Red Dragons. Yeah. Then Cole lost it uh, later that year because he left shortly thereafter. Yeah. But yeah, Red Dragon. Really like this team. Like, even watching Cole go over to Best Super Juniors, Super Junior Tag League for Red Dragon, that was really good. Uh, on a rising shows as well. Um, yeah, and Bobby Fish is there sometimes too. Cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just felt like we're we're talk- giving Kyle O'Reilly too much love. Bobby Fish is also a part of this team. <laughs> no, but I mean, like he didn't go on as many um, solo tours. <laughs> no, to Japan, no, it seemed. No, um, and plus, Bobby Fish is an older gentleman to say the least. So, yeah, Kyle O'Reilly's always going to be capturing more imaginations. Uh, for your number five kind, sir, where did you go? I'm going real old school Ring of Honor here. 
Uh, one of my favorite things I ever saw in Ring of Honor involved this guy. It is number five. It is Homicide. <laughs> Yeah, I remember seeing, like, a clip in, like, the early days of me, like, getting on the internet and, like, going on the forums in high school. Like, just seeing, like, this really buffery, crappy sort of clip of these two guys fighting in the streets of Chicago and wandering into a bar together. And it was uh, Homicide beating up CM Punk and forcing him to drink at a bar. Because they just had this crazy street fight. It was so good. You go back and watch it. Like, Homicide versus um, CM Punk. Homicide versus Samoa Joe. And in particular, I saw a clip of it on Twitter. I'll try to find it for you someday, but... There's this awesome clip from the Brian Danielson homicide rivalry where Brian Danielson, like before the show, is teaching a couple of these trainees how to do proper wrist lock. And then homicide's like watching it. It's like, oh, oh, that's how you do a wrist lock. Oh, that's not a bad idea. Can I have a go, kid? And he grabs the kid's wrist and then just kicks him in the nuts. Just goes, I don't care about wrist locks. It's just about hurting him. Brian, you're an idiot. Goes full Scott Steiner. I don't care about you, duck. Huh? Ha! <laughs> <laughs> ha! <laughs> uh, yeah, that Nitro-funded double review was worth it just for that alone. <laughs> and me going on a rant about golden Camrys that I was talking about on the weekend with a listener. Um, I caught up with a uh, long-time listener of the show. <laughs> Uh, Warwick Thompson on the weekend, and he's like, don't think I didn't notice. It was the first time I'd seen him in person in ages. This is such a sidetrack, but keep the homicide music playing because it's a banger. Because um, Warwick will enjoy it. I I think he will. Um, <laughs> I hope he will. Yeah, I hope so too. Um, he's like, at one point in that Nitro Thunder review, you said, who would own a... A 97 gold Toyota Camry. You knew perfectly well that that is the car I drive. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yeah. Rudy's called out. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I chucked in a really subtle jab at him and he, he picked up on it. So I was pretty proud of that. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, wow, this is very unique music um do you have anything else to add there or do you go to number four uh 
just quickly, there's like some Kill Bill soundtracks sort of chucked in at the start of this homicide music, which is so good. But yeah, I'm ready to move on to number four. Uh, let's just get it out of the way. Number four, El Generico. And the main reason I picked this is because of the crowd participation that would get involved with this song and the entrance and man, El Generico and Ring of Honor, just something extraordinary. Yeah, too bad he had to retire and go down to that orphanage. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, man, this song's so good as well. It's so good. It's, it starts off like with a basic football chant. Ole, 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 ole. <laughs> yeah, and then it sort of just turns into a bit of a upbeat sort of scar song like the future Sami Zayn would be into. So, yeah, it's really good. I love it. Um, the crowd just going nuts to it. It just makes it. So if anyone out there listening, you know, only knows Sami Zayn from his WWE run, this is uh, the exact reason why he copped Ole chance for the first half of his WWE career. Because they wouldn't really be able to explain it to you in the WWE because it wouldn't have made sense. Yeah. It's... Well, it sort of stopped even before the pandemic. It stopped for a long time, hasn't it? Well, yeah, as soon as he turned heel, basically. Yeah. Like, a few years ago with Kevin Owens. Hey, I'm glad those guys have been separated for a little while, because, like, a few years into doing the draft, they stopped feuding them and then move them both onto the same show together, and then they'd be back feuding a few weeks after. Yeah. So at least that's sort of... I think they're both on the same show. They are on the same show right now, yeah. That's what I mean. Full credit to them for keeping them apart at the moment. Uh, <laughs> I'll give it till the end of the year. They but, can't um, help themselves. Yeah, like Chris Hero, um, Elton Erico, hard done by to miss out my honourables. Uh, with that being said... Number four for myself, before we do get into our honourable mentions, was Jay Lethal. Our current theme? Yeah. Yeah. Probably the best one they have at the moment. It's sort of... It's sort of what, like, if AJ was the franchise of... Um, TNA, if Sting was the franchise of WCW, well, sort of, you know what I mean, like, Lethal's sort yeah. of the guy for that in Ring of Honor, he's been there and he's held every title just about. 
Yeah, definitely. Oh man, did Tay and I screw up with him? Yeah. They had him, and he got so over at one point. Remember that um, Jay Lethal Ric Flair woo off promo That's when the... Jay Jay Lethal used to do the Ric Flair voice. That's a top moment on TNA Impact. <laughs> it it should was be. like the it's number so of years. Good. It's so good. Like, I reckon I'll go back and watch that on YouTube like at least a couple of times a year. It's just so good. The did first time I, I did I <laughs> that right there is the greatest thing you've ever seen. Oh man! He's just throwing shoes at each other. Oh, it's so good. Um, I think the first time I watched it was like, like I think it was with uh, old Warwick that I talk about. Um, yeah, and it was after the pub one night, and he had it recorded on his Foxtel, and we went back to his house after a good night at the the local watering hole and we watched it and we rewinded it we watched it again and again and again and again and we couldn't stop laughing it doesn't get old <laughs> never and like they just completely dropped the ball with Jay Lethal after that and then he's gone and you know Ring of Honor has done very well with him. I just kind of wish Ring of Honor was more popular right now for Jay Lethal's sake because, you know, not enough people are talking about how good Jay Lethal is anymore. Yeah, sadly. Um, from there, uh, should I start my honorable mentions? Yeah. Go for it. So, first honourable mention I had was for Dragon Lee or Ryu Lee, depending what country he's in, is what his name is. Yeah, what is it? Dragon Lee in North America, Ryu Lee in Japan. Yeah, I think New Japan changed it because they didn't want to annoy um, CMLL. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Dragon Lee is such a fantastic talent. Good bit of music. Great, great presentation. Uh, yeah, Dragon Lee is one of those guys I'd love to see in a featured prominent role in a major, major promotion. Yeah, I think... Jeez. Where would you like him to go? Because for me, it'd be over the moon. New Japan on a more consistent basis. Yeah, I don't know, because he'll just get pigeonholed as a junior, and juniors just aren't a priority anymore, unless you're one of, like, three people in that division. Um, just my opinion, anyway. Um, I, I think he would be fantastic in a AEW or an NXT environment. Yeah, I agree with that. Next honourable mention I had was for the last real man, Silas Young. Low-key, 
probably, and not the wrestler, uh, uh, quietly, uh, Silas Young might be one of my favourite acts in Ring of Honor at the moment. And I've always been a huge fan of him just because of his look alone. He stands out from everyone else in Ring of Honor. Yeah, and he's like surprisingly young. Oh, yeah. There's a pun to be made there. Um, <laughs> he's surprisingly not old because he looks like, like an old soccer dad. Something. Yeah, absolutely. Oh man, I, I really like it again. It's like um, Bruce's like sort of early two thousand pub rock sort of anthem. <laughs> couple more I had here. First was Cheeseburger. Yeah. Yeah. What a great character that is. Was it like 105 pounds soaking wet? Yeah. Is is Cheeseburger from the Jim Cornette days? Because I'm pretty sure Uh, HD Net is HD Net Cornette. Uh, Cornette was there for HDNet but also like for a few years after that as well like like, um, the sort of era where they kept pushing Mike Mondo and uh, if you were just like if you looked like you were part of the developmental system from 04 you were going to get a big push in Ring of Honor Uh, fair enough um I've always enjoyed Cheeseburger. I wish he got over to more Best of the Super Juniors or Junior Tag Leagues because uh, I'm a fan of him. Yeah, Tag Leagues would be fine. I don't know. I, there's what some, or Cheeseburger? Be, oh, God. God I'll, I'll rather watch bloody Dick Togo and Gato have a World Tag League match against Yoshihashi and Hiroki Goto. I'd rather that. So that tells you something. You know how I feel about most of those guys. Yeah, um, yeah I think Cheeseburger, like, there is a lot of potential of what you can do with that character, but there's also a very low ceiling with it as well. Our last two honourable mentions were the Ring of Honor intro theme from 2019. Yes. You know the one that goes... (laughs) (laughs) I do know it, but you somehow made it sound like um, someone typing typing on Morse code or something. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. And then their current theme that they've just introduced recently with their um, new graphics package and update. Yeah, the, perfect. It it's so like big fight feeling, especially for those um, pure tournament matches. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I have to agree with you on that.
your honorable mentions, Alex. All right, let's kick things off with some themes that you've already mentioned. So, uh, Mr. Brian Danielson makes my honorable mentions. The final countdown, iconic stuff, just brilliant. Also, the theme song for The Addiction, so for Christopher Daniels and Kazarian. You've already mentioned that one. It is a absolute banger as well. Yeah, I agree with you. Now to some that we haven't talked about yet. Uh, first of all, I'm going to pick the old Colt Cabana theme song. It's a bit of a mix-up with Barry Manilow, Copa Cabana. In the Copa, Copa Cabana. It's just, it just writes itself. It's just so perfect. So much fun. Uh, Cole Cabana and Ring of Honor. Like, you can't talk about Ring of Honor without talking about, like, your Cole Cabanas and all that. So, yeah. It's so cheesy sounding. Oh, yeah, but it works for Cole, you know? Like, that, that's what cult is like cult is cheesy and just like happy and you know uh he's especially in that era he's just a comedy act yeah he still is to a degree i guess to a degree yeah yeah definitely um all right uh Another honourable mention, Kings of Wrestling. K-O-W Kings. Uh, Claudio Castagnoli, Chris Hero. Sort of talked about him a little bit before, but boy did these these guys light up the Ring of Honor tag team division. Still just like such a crying shame that they spent so many years in the same company and never really did anything besides one match together like a tag or a singles match they did a tag together yeah and it was against from my memory it was against CM Punk and Seth Rollins in NXT oh that's right because it was the um the NXT challenger against the um the uh WWE challenger, so it's the two champs and the two challengers on either side. Yeah. That's in like one of the early, early NXTs. It's either 20. It's like 2012. 2012, 2013, late 2012, early 2013. I can't remember. It's on the NXT DVD somewhere. Yeah, it's just like one of those hidden gems that's like, oh, it's so cool that they actually finally did it, but it's also so annoying that they never followed up on it. Uh, Yeah, it was October 17th, 2012. Seth Rollins and CM Punk versus Cesaro and Cassius Ono in a love letter match to all Ring of Honor fans, I guess. Uh, Tyler Black. Tyler Black, Punk. CM Punk, yeah. Um, Colio Castanoli, which yeah, I'm always but... going to pronounce wrong. Yeah, Colio Castanoli, yep. Chris Hero. Yeah, it's it's just 
Ring of Honor royalty right there. Yeah. Uh, next, um... Oh, yeah, I should probably next... keep talking. <laughs> Honourable mention <laughs> you have concert. Yeah, sorry, I got distracted by a clip that I found on my phone of that NXT match. Uh, Sam, Sam Punk was wearing his Bret Hart-inspired gear, the pink one. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's like the best Sam Punk gear. It's so cool. And they never made a figure of it, and it annoys me. Um, yeah, so... Speaking of Ring of Honor royalty, Nigel McGuinness. This is just so cool. And I just remember him, like, just going back and watching Nigel McGuinness versus Brian Danielson matches. Oh, God. Just out of this world, like, Nigel McGuinness. There's just an intensity. Like, the fact that this guy, like, Never had, like, a significant mainstream run on North American television. It's just an absolute crime. Um, everything that happens to him post-wrestling really is a bit of a... Just a tragedy in some way or fashion as well. Um, yeah. What was he in TNA? Was it Desmond Wolf? Sure was. In the main event mafia? Ah, uh, Fortune. Oh, that's right, Fortune, because it's after Mafia. It's yeah, when Hogan's still like, there. You know, Fortune, the one where, like, their Where's symbol... in charge? Their symbol is the number four, T-U-N-E. But they have, like, eight members. So why are you putting so much emphasis on the number four in Fortune? When oh, you have so many <laughs> members... Oh, it's just so dumb. It's like, yeah. yeah, there was like, yeah, eight guys in it at one point. Yeah, Desmond Wolf, like he had that, he had like a insane debut match against Kurt Angle and he beat Kurt Angle on his debut. I remember that being awesome, but unfortunately that was about it for Nigel McGuinness. Uh, finally, uh, speaking of that match I was speaking about earlier, Tyler Black. Uh, this this boy loves him some metal, but this is some pretty cool stuff. Um, yeah, weirdly enough, my first introduction to Tyler Black was um, was before he was in the WWE, but it wasn't from Ring of Honor. I used to watch when. I was in my later years in high school. I think it was like 06, 07, so I might have been year 11, year 12. I was watching Wrestling Society X on MTV. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I used to love it because I thought it was so just ridiculous and just out of this world, just corny and over the top. But one of the few stars on that show was young Tyler Black with his tag team partner, Jimmy Jacobs. Um, but yeah, um, his Ring of Honor run is just something that like, people sort of don't give enough credit to because it's in that sort of weird period of time where it's before like your Steins and your Genericos and your Young Bucks, but it's like 
after your Joes and your AJs and your Punks and your Danielsons. So he's sort of he's sort of the link from one of Ring of Honor's primes to the next, you know? He yeah. sort of he carried the company in its leanest years at that point. Yeah, absolutely. Another really good choice. Um So from there, your number three, Alex. Yes, uh, Tress. Uh, speaking of the prime of Ring of Honor, this might be the very tippy top of that. Samoa Joe. Uh, oh, in, pati- wow. in particular, his theme song is Champion, which is... Um, Champ is here. Like BRG is, I'm the greatest of all times. I'm gonna say it just like I lead it. The champ is here. 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 The it always kind of irritates me when Mick Armstrong uses it, but that's okay. It is a banger of a tune. It works with you, gimmick. That's fine. But he's to not champ sense. at the moment. Yeah, well, he calls himself the champ champ, whatever that means. I still don't understand what it means, but... Yeah. Yeah, um, but Samoa Joe. Uh, I love the Godzilla sort of intro to it. And then it goes into the champ is here thing. And then, you know, later on he goes to TNA. So he gets a sort of copyright friendly version of this theme. It is the, it is a knockoff of the Godzilla intro into a sort of generic hip hop beat, which is kind of exactly what this song is. And that formula follows him from TNA to WWE. Where it gets the dramatic sort of like um, Godzilla-like theme into a bit of a hip-hop beat. So yeah, that's this sort of formula that he got in Ring of Honor follows him his whole career with his music. And um, yeah, yeah, and his run like what was it, two years as world champ or something ridiculous like that? Like yeah. just just fantastic like if you haven't seen Samoa Joe versus Kenta Kabashi from Ring of Honor do yourself a favor and watch it it is probably like one of the best matches in wrestling history yeah I can't even remember the last time I went and watched that now (laughs) yeah I'm thinking I might like when we get offline here I'm gonna go to bed but I'm gonna watch Joe versus Kibashi in bed. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so, from there, talking about Ring of Honor champs, I chose the one fight, steam fight. <laughs> Ring of Honor 
I will bite my tongue. Ooh. I will talk about him shortly. Ooh. But yeah, I I really like this song. It fits with the time when I was really big into watching Ring of Honor, the Steen Nakamura match from one of the global wars, yep. order wars. It's one of my favorite cross-promotional matches they've done in the US for Ring of Honor and Japan. And Steen's always been a favorite of mine, being a bigger guy that can still move in the ring, can still do explosive power moves, like his pop-up power bomb. Package pole driver, cannonball to the corner. Yeah, there's not much he can't do, really. He can do strong style, he can do your flippy floppies, he can do your chain wrestling, he can do everything. Hardcore. Uh, yeah, hardcore. Oh, gosh, is he good at that. Yeah, um, yeah I'm going to bite my tongue because I will talk about it later. But yeah, <laughs> great choice. Well, I suppose from there, I might as well go to my number two, which is somebody you've already talked about. Mm. And it is Adam Cole, baby. Sexy song. Oh man. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed Adam Cole, as I said briefly before, during his time when he was champion, facing Daniels for Destiny, being in the Bullet Club, then having the numbers on his side. It was really, <laughs> really interesting uh, time. Yeah, definitely. Man, I forgot to talk about it earlier, but the angle they did where they kicked Adam Cole out of the Bullet Club. Yeah. So good. Well, that, yeah, and you know, name redacted comes out and replaces him, has his umbrella, all that sort of stuff. Uh, and, you know, Adam Cole gets double super kicked and they, oh man, everything with the Young Bucks and Adam Cole from before that angle... And just after, just so good. Yeah. It's, jeez, it's hard to think that, yeah, he was um, sort of leader there for a while. And then, well, at least of the North American sub-branch, then gets kicked out. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, yeah. The, like, that's before the elite is a thing. Like, it's just crazy. Like... What if Adam Cole had to stick around Ring of Honor for, like, two more years? Oh. Like, he might have been part of that group that jumps and forms AEW. Like, it's wow. very possible. Um, yeah, so that was my number two. What about you, kind sir? What's your number two? Yeah, um, one of my favourite wrestlers of all time. And, you know, 
before Money in the Bank 2011, there was the Summer of Punk uh, 2005 in Ring of Honor. So, yeah, my number two is CM Punk. In particular, his AFI theme, which I think is so, like, slow and dramatic, but it builds up and it's got this, like, drum beat to it. The, the crowd would just bang their hands on the barricade to the beat of the song. It was so cool. Just like epic sort of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. It's really hard to um, think of anything else other than punk with WWE. But for me, the majority of his run I did watch was WWE. So it's hard for me to think of, yeah, anything else. Yeah, like, not going to lie, like, he is the reason I started checking out Ring of Honor to begin with because... Pretty much because of the pop bomb promo, right? Like, it was yeah. pretty much because he mentions them in the pop bomb promo. I was like, oh, I've got to check out some of Sam Punk's Ring of Honor stuff. So I'll go back and start watching that, start watching what's happening at the time. At the time, it was like all the Kevin Steen, El Generico, like that sort of era. Um, yeah, so next thing you know, I've become one of those ROH indie smarts. Um, but yeah, like the Summer of Punk from 2005 in Ring of Honor, which they pretty much almost to a T, except, except they added a Kevin Nash Triple H ladder match into it instead. Um, WWE basically copied but somehow managed to make it all about Kevin Nash versus Triple H in the process. Uh, what's a tweet punk reads on Raw? Uh, From his sister? Yeah. Uh, OMG, Kevin Nash uh, thought he was dead, LOL. Yeah. <laughs> Burn. Yeah. Oh, man. Um... Yeah, Punk's one of my favourites. It's just I wasn't watching at the time, so I don't have that connection to this music of his. Yeah. Um, just for any humans listening that aren't familiar with his Ring of Honor on, watch all three of his matches against Samoa Joe. The trilogy. It's mind-altering stuff. It's just insane. Uh, for yourself, what was your number one kind, sir? Uh, well, if you do the power of deduction and what I talked about earlier, yes, my number one is Kevin Steen. He was the top guy in the company when I fell in love with Ring of Honor. 
everything about it. Like, it was the whole thing. Like, I sort of tuned in just as um, he returned after being suspended by Ring of Honor and Jim Cornette for a year. Or, no, he, he got fired. He lost, like, a match against El Generico and he had to quit Ring of Honor and then he comes back. That was the first ever Ring of Honor pay-per-view I watched was when Kevin Steen returned. And I was, I was just obsessed with him. I was like, who is this dude? Like, he looks just like me, but he seems like a genuine badass, unlike me. <laughs> like, it's just so good. And yeah, and then like that beauty ad with Jim Cornette as well, which was like, which I 100% bought into. I thought it was legit, but it was on TV. It was all part of the angle. Like, but I'm still kind of like not sure if it was legit or not. So that just tells you how good they were at it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, wow, this is different because the first two shows we've gone in agreement. This is the first time we're not going to agree. Yeah, this is huge. Yeah, we finally don't have the same number ones. This is awesome. Yeah, so from Kevin Steen, I suppose it is time for me to reveal my number one. And I think you should know where I'm going. Uh, I'm not quite sure, but yes, go on. Well, he's been in Ring of Honor a while. Oh, you know, the guy used to be part of a faction. Oh, God, no. But now he's gone out on his own. Oh, formed God. his own faction along the way, but that wasn't quite his thing. So now he is a solo man. It is Matt Taven. say this but yep okay let's have a Matt Taven discussion <laughs> what you don't like his kingdom entrance no oh the kingdom entrance is actually really cool but it wasn't even his stable so whatever <laughs> it was he it was Mike it. Bennett's yeah he reformed it because oh who was in kingdom uh Bennett Maria Matt Hardy no no the the yep. first trio Bennett, Maria, and was it Cole? No, it was... Uh, it um, was Bennett... It was Adam Cole, Matt Hardy, and Mike with Maria. I'm looking this up now. I don't ever remember Matt Hardy being in the kingdom. 
Yeah, and then he gives Mike Bennett that title belt that had Matt Hardy's face on it and it became the Power of Love Championship. Oh, geez, Matt Hardy was a mentor at one point. What the? Oh, there you go. Oh, so he wasn't an official member, he was just a mentor. That's what it says, mentor. Cole, Bennett, Maria, um, with Matt Hardy being a mentor for a while. Yeah. Yeah, it is a weird thing to think back on, but yeah. Yeah, that's uh, pretty much the formation of the kingdom. Just, um, yeah, and then, like, Taven comes in with someone else, doesn't he? Or does he come in by himself? I think he comes in on his own after Hardy leaves. Yeah. That's what I mean. I don't ever remember Hardy being there. I remember it being the foursome, the three guys and Maria. Yeah, yeah. so I I think um, the Taven, like, Taven might have come in just after I had left Ring of Honor. And, like, one of the last things I remember is Matt Hardy being part of the kingdom. (laughs) Oh, boy. Yeah. Um, oh, well. Matt Taven, I think he's a very exceptional in-ring performer. I just don't like his promos. His promo ability just doesn't click for me. His presentation is fantastic. It's so good. Just, yeah, there's just something missing for me. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um... No, I've always liked Taven. Yep. But I suppose that's the difference between you tuning out when he came in and me tuning in when he came in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it might all just stem to that, to be honest. Who knows? Some weird, yeah. some conscious thing. Plus, I liked when he got played live on the uh, piano at Madison Square Garden. Hmm. I don't even remember that. Because he defended the Ring of Honor title in Madison Square Garden. Where Taven, that's all I remember. Is him saying that. All I remember is him saying that. And I just kept thinking, you know, your name Matt could fit easier into Madison than Taven can fit into Garden, right? (laughs) No, it's got to be Madison Square Taven. Madison Square Garden. Anyway, um, yeah, I think that night was just such a big, long night. There was so much happening at the time, too. That was like the exact same time that um, Bret Hart got jumped on stage, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, on the other other network he got jumped by some yeah. idiot. Yeah, and this was the same night Enzo and Cass did a very similar thing at Ring of Honor and we all thought it was a shoot, but it wasn't. Yeah. Didn't Ring of Honor do the right thing getting rid of them? Oh. I don't think they've had that much hype around them since that, though. (laughs) That's the the problem, though. That might have been the most people talked about Ring of Honor on that show. Because they were completely outshined by New Japan. Yeah. Yeah, it's a shame. Um, but man, that night. 
I just remember watching so many things at once that weekend. Like all the collective. And I think I had three screens running. The Hall of Fame, um, New Japan, Ring of Honor, and Madison Square Garden. And like one of the collective shows all running on three screens at the same time. Yeah, I remember watching a lot of the collective. Because I actually took that WrestleMania off. Yeah. I remember you and I were talking a fair bit that weekend. Yeah, a bit different this year. But yeah. I suppose that sort of ends this talk for now. Um, Alex, where can the good humans find you? You can find me Instagram and Twitter at FruityIsAlex. You can find us on uh, Instagram, Twitter, at WrestleOzStyle with an A-U-S, and you can search us up Wrestling Style on Facebook. Where can we find you, man? At I am Chris Funder as well. You can listen back to the entire Wrestling Style archive for free on SoundCloud, Google, Pod, Pod, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. So nothing left to say, but good day, and we'll talk to you next time. Like, seriously, Madison Square Taven.